0: Welcome to the Gut Doctor podcast, where Doctor Neil Parikh describes GI disorders and answers common questions related to the GI tract. Please note, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. We've discussed the mind-body or brain-gut connection many times on this podcast before, and you know we we've talked how the gut is very closely regulated by our body's nervous system. So today we're going to pursue it a little further, this brain gut or mind body connection, but pursue it from the angle of a nervous of the nervous system or our nervous system, uh, not from a neurologist or neuroscientist's take, but really from a, a wellness perspective. And to help us navigate this interesting but tricky topic, tricky uh, topic, I would like to welcome Erica Buss, who's one of my colleagues, a registered nurse and a wellness coach. And she's actually um, the owner and founder of Erica Jane Life Coaching. I said that correctly, Erica?
1: Um, Yeah, Erica Jane Health and Life Coaching.
0: Erica Jane Health and Life. So Erica, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be with you.
0: So since again, neither of us are neurologists or neuroscientists, and I'm assuming most of our listeners or my listeners are not neuroscientists, can you give us a simplified framework of the nervous system and how it interacts with our digestive tract. Uh, since I'm assuming it is this framework that you take advantage of when you help your clients.
1: Yes, that's correct, it is. Um, it is a framework that I use. And when I work with clients, I really break down the nervous system into the parasympathetic, the sympathetic and the enteric nervous system. Um, so I explain to them that the parasympathetic is your feel or your heal um, or your rest or digest It's the system that brings you back to a calm state after periods of stress or danger. The sympathetic is really best known as our fight or flight response system. So it plays a role in responding to those stressful and dangerous situations. It increases your heart rate, it delivers blood to your brain and brings oxygen there and it brings the blood and oxygen to your limbs. So you can really flee from danger if needed. From the GI perspective, the sympathetic nervous system shifts the blood away from our intestines when it's activated, which slows our digestion. And then the enteric nervous system, I call also the second brain that we know it as, um, controls the digestive system connecting through the central nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. So that helps to regulate the gastric acid secretions. It determines the movements of the GI tract, regulates the changes in blood flow, and it really interacts with the immune system in our gut.
0: So our gut has a nervous system. So there truly is, you know, a brain-gut pathway. Where is this GI nervous system or enteric nervous system? Where is it found?
1: So the enteric nervous system runs from the bottom of our esophagus down to the rectum.
0: And is this system? I'm not sure if you want to call it highway or pathway. Is this the foundation behind the brain-gut axis?
1: So the way I explain it to my clients is that I think of the enteric nervous system as a really the highway for other pathways, if that makes sense. And it functions with or without communication of our big brains and our head, meaning that you will still secrete digestive enzymes and, you know, process your food if that connection is broken, but working with our big brain, it sends signals out to our other nervous system to regulate the vagal pathways that sit in our esophagus and our stomach. Our sympathetic pathways in our stomach, our small intestine, our large intestine, and our pelvic pathways that are in our rectum forming that brain connection.
0: So they all kind of intersect, you know, kind of like, you know, if you're at 84 91 interchange, there's this, this is yeah, you know, exactly potential for traffic. How about that? Right. Um, so how do you incorporate, you know, you mentioned earlier, this is the, the framework or the foundation you lay for your clients. How do you incorporate knowledge of this pathway when you work with your clients?
1: So we talk a lot about our gut wisdom or really trusting our guts. So by becoming more in tune with the messages that our body send us, we can choose to shift certain habits that no longer serve us. So if you feel bloated or have abdominal pain or reflux after eating too fast or eating under stress, that's a message that you need to listen to. Um, If you have mood swings or feel terrible after eating certain foods, that's also a message. So I want clients to tune into that wisdom with their bodies and see what their bodies are trying to tell them. One of my clients um, had, you know, memories of a stressful time during her childhood that would cause her to binge eat. And we discovered that the binge eating was actually what made her feel relaxed when she was anxious or upset. So over years, when she was doing this binge eating that led to weight gain and not feeling really comfortable in her own skin, her nervous system was simply on overload. And the only way she knew how to regulate it or calm it down was to eat, right? Her fight or flight would then settle down after those binge eating episodes and her feel and heal state would kick in. So we worked on recognizing and changing some of the habits that she had so she could feel better and lose the unwanted weight. So she was able to then tune into the messages and use other techniques to deal with the stress and anxiety instead of turning to food for comfort.
0: So patients you know, with, with, with either GI illness or non-Gi illness may, be, may use their gut to compensate for their brain almost. So Almost like it's a reverse pathway at times too.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what techniques do you use?
1: So I use um, something called a five, five, seven breathing technique, which just helps us calm down. I incorporate 20 minute meal challenges or, you know, eating slowly to make, have them make their meals stretch out over time um, up to at least 20 minutes. We eat a snack together during one of our sessions to discuss chewing. So we can help our bodies break down the food and assimilate the nutrients. These all help to slow down when we eat and to have us eat in a very calm state. Most of the times we have issues, not from the food that we eat, but who we are being while we're eating, if that makes sense. And we are fortunate enough that we don't have lions chasing us on our lunch break, but our nervous systems really can't tell the difference between the lion or eating a meal while you're stressed about work or family or life.
0: And, With this, these techniques, what GI disease have you managed? So I've been
1: able, yeah, go ahead. I've been able to um, help clients with reflux and nausea, constipation, and bloating. I've also received feedback on improved mood, better sleep, um, people get more energy by utilizing the techniques in our sessions.
0: Oh, that'd be great. All those things we can all benefit from. Uh, Any other advice or tips that you think our listeners would benefit from?
1: Yeah, I think the most important one is make meal times for you. You know, we're sitting down to eat and to nourish our bodies and to recharge. So I tell clients to adjust their schedules, right? Even if it's just for one meal for now to just sit and enjoy it and to not scarf it down to just to move on to the next task, you really owe it to yourself and your body will really thank you for it if you give it that time. And then try to build accountability during the meals by challenging those around you to do a chewing contest or set a timer on your phone to actually time your meals. Chances are you're eating in less than 10 minutes. So try to extend that a little to see how the messages in your body can change. We don't really need to suffer to heal. And a lot of people feel that way. They feel like you know, I'm trying to heal my body some way and it feels like I'm suffering. But in, to make it simple, we just need to adjust some of our habits.
0: I like that. I like that a lot, Erica. Um, Thank you. I'm going to use that 10 minute thing. Cause I, I do tell my patients the irritable bowel syndrome, you know, find time to eat, try to be consistent when you eat and, you know, eat in a relaxed stress-free environment. So maybe that you're right. I mean, how, how often do we end up eating at the countertop while we're doing something else or making a list or making our gross, et cetera, you know? So um, I think that's fantastic advice. And I also like, you know, you're right. We don't need to suffer to heal. Um, it's very deep and profound, probably deeper than you know our the scope of our episode today. Uh, but thank you very much, Erica. I, I think this is fantastic, uh, and we'll love to have you back on the show in the future. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.